From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. that you've joined us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is bringing a series of studies in the earthly life of the Lord Jesus Christ, messages that will give insights into the various aspects of our Lord's temporal ministry, from His teaching and miracles to His atoning death on the cross and His glorious resurrection. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled, Men as Men, God as God. The text is in Isaiah chapter 51, verses 12 and 13. I, even I, am he that comforteth you. Who art thou, that thou shouldst be afraid of a man that shall die, and of the son of man, which shall be made as grass? And forgettest the Lord thy Maker, that hath stretched forth the heavens, and laid the foundations of the earth, and hast feared continually every day, because of the fury of the oppressor, as if he were ready to destroy? And where is the fury of the oppressor? Let the text itself be taken as the portion for today. There is no need to enlarge upon it. Trembling one, read it, believe it, feed on it, and plead it before the Lord. He whom you fear is only a man, after all, while he who promises to comfort you is God, your Maker, and the Creator of heaven and earth. Infinite comfort more than covers a very limited danger. Where is the fury of the oppressor? It is in the Lord's hand. It is only the fury of a dying creature, fury which will end as soon as the breath is gone from the nostril. Why, then, should we stand in awe of one who is as frail as ourselves? Let us not dishonor our God by making a God of puny man. We can make an idol of a man by rendering to him excessive fear, as well as by paying him inordinate love. Let us treat men as men, and God as God. And then we shall go calmly on in the path of duty, fearing the Lord and fearing nobody else.
And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour which is Christ the Lord. From all of us at Let the Bible Speak, may you have a blessed and Christ-filled Christmas.
On today's edition of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns continues this series of studies in the life and earthly ministry of Christ as he commences the first of two messages entitled, The Divine Teacher. The text for both messages will be portions of Matthew chapter 13. This chapter adds much to our knowledge of the person and the purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was at this point in his earthly ministry that Jesus departed from direct teaching of the Jews and began to employ parables. In the seven parables found in this chapter, Christ described the kingdom of heaven, the doctrine of salvation, and its results in the lives of those who heard his word. The Lord's great emphasis in his teaching was always the spiritual and the eternal. Now Dr. Cairns commences the first message called, the Divine Teacher. Now we're turning this morning to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, as we continue with our studies in the life of Christ. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13. We'll commence reading at verse 1, and we'll read to the end of verse 23. Matthew, chapter 13, And verse 1. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, The fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground, and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. 
Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When any one heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word, and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Amen. The Lord will add his own blessing to the reading of his precious word for his name's sake. As I've said before in our treatment of the life of Christ, it's not my purpose to enter into any detailed exposition of the sermons and sayings of the Savior. Likewise, it's not my purpose to expound the parables of the Lord Jesus. That would belong to a different study, and would, as I've often remarked through these weeks, it would prolong our studies in the life of Christ almost interminably. However, when I came to Matthew 13 fully intending to leave it out entirely, I found that that would be a mistake, and I couldn't do it. Because not only do we have the Savior's teaching here on subjects of vital importance, but we have the Savior's revelation of Himself in a way that may be stated without parable, but nonetheless is clearly here and beautifully stated by parable. Here we add to our knowledge of the person of Christ and of the mission of Christ. In considering the words of Matthew 13, and we have read only one of seven parables that this chapter contains, in considering passages such as this, we're forced to face the fact that the Lord Jesus employed parables in teaching the people, and even sometimes in teaching his disciples, but particularly in teaching the people. And after one or two didactic portions in the early part of his ministry, without a parable, he never spoke and taught the Jewish people. Without a parable, he did not address his teachings to the Jewish people. So we've got to face this fact that he employed parables in a very particular manner and with clearly defined purposes. Thus, by using parables, the Lord Jesus not only presents the truth illustrated by the stories he told, but the Lord Jesus reveals something of his own authority something of his own purpose, 
and something of his own methods. In the parables, the Lord Jesus stands forth as the divine teacher, and I want us to consider him in that light today. And in doing so, I think we'll find some parallels with our own service and our own ministry, and thus be able to learn some lessons, I hope, on how best we may present the gospel and its truth to men. But we'll also find other things that have little or no parallel in our own experience, in our service, or in our preaching, but that will show us all the more clearly the unique person and office of the Lord Jesus and thereby enable us to present him as the Scripture does. Now, considering Christ and the telling of parables, let me make this fundamental statement first, that the Lord Jesus, in his parables, deals exclusively with great truths. Now, let's emphasize that. We have read one parable, commonly called the parable of the sower, may well better be called the parable of the four kinds of ground into which the seed fell. He goes on to talk about the, in the parable of the tares and the wheat, of uh, a good man planting wheat and his enemy coming while men slept and sowing tares among the wheat. Then we have the parable of the mustard seed, that tiny grain of seed which a man took and sowed in his field, the least of all seeds, but out of that apparent insignificance it grew to become the greatest among herbs. Then the parable of the leaven. The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, like unto yeast which a woman takes and puts into three measures of meal, just a little of it, but it permeates the whole. Then he gives us the much misunderstood parable of the treasure that was hidden in a field, which when a man has found, for joy he goes and sells all that he has in order to purchase it. And similarly, the pearl of great price, another misunderstood parable, at least as to its basic importance and import. And finally, the parable of the net. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a net, was cast into the sea and gathered in every kind of fish, good and bad, that needed to be severed, separated one from the other. Now, when you look at this, you'll see what kind of truth the Lord Jesus was illustrating. He was describing the kingdom of heaven. Now, I'm not going to get into a theological discussion of the kingdom of heaven this morning. I have done that before, and uh, if you don't remember it, you'll have to get either a book or a tape and go again. It's too big for me to get into this morning. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Uh, we may, for our purposes today, and certainly this is clear in Matthew 13, equate the kingdom of heaven with the doctrine of salvation and its results and what it does in the lives of men and women. What it produces is a kingdom of subjects to the king, namely the Lord Jesus Christ. You will see that the focus of the teaching of Christ was always on the spiritual and on the eternal. 
I would like to take a whole lot of time on that this morning. Maybe I will, maybe I won't, as the Lord leads. Evangelicalism has generally departed from this. I was reading an article some time ago by a leading theological liberal. And he said that uh, a university or seminary professor he was, and he, he said that he went around from church to church vainly, vainly trying to find worship and a preacher who would magnify the majesty of God, the glory of God, the greatness of God, and let him as a mere mortal be wrapped up in that glory. But instead in Protestantism, in evangelicalism particularly, what he found was God being made the servant of man and every great truth of God being made into a feel-good principle. Then he made a, a, a remarkable observation that he went to a Presbyterian church not an apostate Presbyterian church, as we would call it. He went to a Presbyterian church, and he said, well, here is a church that has boldly taken a stand, leaving the ecumenical movement. It has uh, subscribed the historic Reformed faith. Here is a church that is in the Calvinistic tradition. Here is a church, surely, where I am going to find that they will preach a God-centered message. But again, he complained, I found that the Bible, which they professed to believe was verbally inspired, and he did not. That's the remarkable thing. The Bible, which he wanted to use as a book to exalt the glory of God, was being used again as a book to show how everything revolves around making us feel good, solving the so-called problems of life, but without anything of the vision of the truly spiritual and eternal. I have no sympathy with the man's liberalism, but I can totally identify with his frustration. I too have visited churches. I have been in fundamental churches, Reformed churches, Evangelical churches, Presbyterian churches, Baptist churches. I go when I am on vacation, I go to try to find a place that will be true to Christ. And rarely, if ever, have I found what that man was looking for. We have taken God to make him to exist for the good of man. 
We have taken the gospel and we have made it into a touchy-feely, happy-clappy, for the moment, existential experience. The Lord Jesus dealt with the kingdom of heaven, with the doctrine of salvation. His emphasis was upon the heart and its relationship to the eternal God. He dwelt upon the spiritual. He dwelt upon the eternal. He took the things that the Old Testament prophets had foretold and a desire to look into. And he expounded them by parable. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, founded by Dr. Alan Cairns. Let the Bible Speak is also heard in many parts of the world through the international radio outreach of Let the Bible Speak, produced in Northern Ireland. The Free Presbyterian Church stands without apology for the absolute inerrancy of the Bible, emphasizing preaching that centers on the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ and is militant in its stand against the ecumenical apostasy and the efforts of the world to infiltrate the Church. For further information about the Free Presbyterian Church, you may email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. You may call us at 864-244-2408. Or you may write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Again, that's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Also, we encourage you to visit the website of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America at www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 